Hello and welcome to NFL Only Better coming to you. It depends on when you're listening to it, but we're recording 24 hours early. And why? Well, that was because the horns of Gondor were sounded and John and Mike came a calling to discuss the games early because, Mike, very little happened. As you said, let me just let me just quote you from last week. This used to be the easiest picks used of the to- week. You used, you, yeah. you used to just pick the home side. That's right. Used, <laughs> used to be was the was the uh, operative word. And as it happened, the, the two teams that did have the bye and were playing at home both lost. Um, we only had one one home winner. Um, luckily, it was the one that I <laughs> it was one of the ones I had I had picked. Um, and uh, we had probably the the best weekend I can remember in terms of of just you know, good games. I mean, you could argue maybe that the first, that Saturday's games weren't great football games. Although, you know, um, I kind of liked the, the frustrating defensive battle in the zero degree temperatures. And that's Fahrenheit we're talking about um, and, and snow up in green Bay, but they were all close games. They all went right down to the wire um, and, and they had, they had a lot of action and, and they got better. It was like each game was better than the one before it. And, and when you look at the first game Sunday where Tampa come back from 27-3 down to tie the game and then very stupidly uh, lose it in the last minute, in the last minute, you know, where, where it looked like it was going to go to overtime for sure. You think, well, not much is going to top that. And then the, the Bills in Kansas City just just topped it easily with one of one of yeah. the best games you know and it had it was good for from everybody's perspective um you know and the shall i say younger audience that really wants to watch like video game kind of football and and um pinball football um got their got their wish there but it, but it was it was a brilliant game from start to finish yeah no john it was an amazing weekend it started off strong i thought the bengal's game was great Green Bay, well, Mike enjoyed it. I, 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 I didn't enjoy that one. That was probably the one that I didn't enjoy that much. I know it was a bit of a defensive battle, but also I thought the weather played a huge part. I know you'd love to talk about that for the whole hour, but it just seemed, <laughs> it seemed to make both teams come down a notch, um, especially Green Bay. We could talk about that again. Um, but, uh, John, uh, Sunday, what a, what, a, what a two games there. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to, Mike kind of hit all my points there. I think it's potentially the the most exciting two-day span in in. Well, I have to say recent NFL history because I'm really young. I'm much younger than Mike. So who knows about the overall NFL <laughs> Everybody's history. Everybody's much younger. This is my joke. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that was just, listen, that was just tremendously entertaining, wasn't it? it? Like we could, this podcast will probably run for 45 minutes or something like that. But we could honestly sit here for two hours and talk about those games and not even preview the ones coming up this weekend. So many different things to, to mention. Like, yeah, I completely agree with Mike that each one seemed to get better. And Kieran as well, like the Green Bay game, while it wasn't the most entertaining of the four by a long shot as well, you know, who doesn't love a snow game or at least a sort of a blizzardy type game that we got there as well. And, you know, I, I think there's probably a lot of people that were somewhat, you know, satisfied seeing Aaron Rodgers go out in, in that regard, given how notorious he's kind of been in, in this season. Uh, but Schad- I did, I, Schadenfreude. Exactly. I did think it was interesting to see um, both both Rodgers and Brady lose on their home turf like that. And, uh, you know, both there's questions now for both of them. Are they going to come back next year? You can never really know with with Tom Brady. He'll be 45 in August. And uh, well, Aaron Rodgers just kind of seems just generally ticked off with life at the moment. So who knows if if he'll be coming back as well. But the other thing, the final point I want to make on this is the um just throughout those four games and uh, you know the fact that they all ended on a on a walk-off score 
it, it really underscored to me the importance of having a good special teams unit because Green Bay's has been awful all season and arguably a cost them in, in this game. And obviously two of the other games were decided on field goals. One from the the Bengals rookie kicker as well, McPherson. So that was that was quite impressive. But yeah, in the, in the, in this modern day NFL, special teams is as important now as as the other units on the field. Oh yeah, I, well, yeah. It, I think it always had, you know, always arguably has been. But but when you have a complete meltdown the way the Packers did, um, it's it, it's it's insane. And and I wrote about it in, in the column, the Betfair column on Friday. That you know the Packers special teams w- was my worry there. Um, and Crosby was coming off a good game, but I don't think the block field goal was Crosby's fault. Um, so you couldn't blame him. I love McPherson on the Bengals, the rookie kicker. Uh, apparently he's he confident told, doesn't he he's, yeah, yeah he's, apparently he's he told one of his yeah. teammates before he went you know went on the field mm. to get, you know to a 50 point field goal it was, it was like yeah we're going we're going <laughs> <laughs> next next week we'll be playing next week yeah and it doesn't it also it doesn't reflect terribly well on matt lafleur and the and well i don't actually know who the green bay special teams coaches off the top of my head but um to not have 11 men on the field there for that last play. Like, I, d- I don't think it would have really made a difference. Maybe, and like, maybe there's a 1% or a 0.05% chance it would have made a difference. But I just don't think it is a good look. If you're it, It's just, it's just poetic, here. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, poetic justice. The, the, the special teams coach was, his, his name escapes me as well at the moment, but, but apparently he was packing his bags. He went home, mm-hmm. <laughs> called the estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's it, babe. <laughs> I believe, uh, I actually think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the Pat McAfee show this week discussing whether or not he actually did lose. Uh, so that, that should be an interesting. What are yeah, he's going to complain that he didn't get, he's going to complain that this time he didn't get a chance to have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously um, immunized against beating the 40 in the playoffs as well. <laughs> and, and I think one one thing people didn't notice so much in the, the about the Buffalo Kansas City game um was was that Harrison Butkus the you know the, the world's toughest place kicker uh missed a I'm, field goal and missed an extra point if he if he kicks those five, four points the ending of that game could could have been completely different um would have changed well, you know would have changed the, the nature of the uh the comeback that that had to be made well, yeah, but I mean, the, the LA Rams can't sit. I mean, the Rams have a field goal from what, what 40, 46 yards in the fourth quarter. That drops short. It looked like I assumed it was it was going in. It dropped short. Yeah. Tom Brady gets the ball back instead of a fourteen instead of a seventeen point deficit. He knows he's a fourteen point deficit with six minutes to go, and you could almost sense it was coming when that field goal dropped short. You were like. Oh, well, giving Brady the ball on the halfway line is not the best idea here. Um, just want to quickly update you on how you guys did last week. Um, good for both of you. If people will remember who listened last week, know that you actually jumped the gun and you jumped in with your picks, which has proved <laughs> that cheating can win, you know, can prosper. I wasn't cheating. Um, how is that cheating? I, I believe it was cheating. But uh, both of you were with unders in the games. John, you went under in a Green Bay game, which was a great pick, actually, when you think about it, because it was very low scoring. Mike, you went under in the Bengals. A more uh, daring pick, games, yeah. a More daring, but also winner. Um, I, I, I was a loser this week, actually, which is something I don't have to, have to say too often. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Green Bay. I thought Green Bay would cover. I, I, I think Green. I think in the terms of when you look at the teams and you, and, and you sort of say, right, okay, who can feel unfortunate? The Bills can feel the most unfortunate. Look, they probably should have won and could have won. They got the ball in overtime. Maybe they would have won. I think mm-hmm. the Bucks were unfortunate because what a comeback, and then they've complete blown coverage or not, depending on how you view 
defending, I guess, if you blitz like that. Um, they were unlucky. I don't think the Titans can have too many complaints. But down at the bottom is definitely Green Bay because it's actually mainly they lost that game with, you know, bad special teams, poor playing at times from Rodgers. And I don't know, Mike, I saw someone bring it up with you on Twitter and I never really thought about it. Is, is actually the, the cold weather now a negative for such a passing team? It, it, it might be. Um, you know, the, to me, the, the thing was, um, <laughs> and I said to somebody when, when that, when that, shotgun snap went went over um went over stafford's head one the, of the basically the funniest thing that can happen in football is that as well yeah. you know, when uh, they, you know yeah. i said that ball was traveling faster than any of jimmy garoppolo's passes <laughs> <laughs> um but but I, I think san francisco defensively played really well and and shut down green bay's running which is what you want to do in those conditions obviously you want to be able to establish the run game. And after the first series, when AJ Dillon kind of got that touchdown, you thought, oh, it's going to be that way. But when you looked at it in the end, Rodgers threw 21 passes, 11 to Adams and 10 to Aaron Jones. And he only threw six passes to all his other receivers, of which only two were caught, which sort of shows you why he may have only been throwing six. But it, it was as if San Francisco stopped their run game and Rodgers stopped the passing game himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it kind of a very strange um, offensive game plan in the end. And I, I was writing about how much I hate the fact that they, you know, the previous week it had been Buffalo had the Saturday night game and this week it was Green Bay. And, you know, I don't mind playing in bad conditions. I, I think that's great for football, but I hate when they play in bad conditions at night because it's always 10 or 15 degrees colder than it would be if they played in the day. And, yeah. you know, why, why penalize them that much more, especially when Tampa, you know, played both of the one o'clock or the early start games on Sunday. Now I know they couldn't do it. They were in a bind because the Rams had played Monday night. So you're not going to make a Monday night team play, um, play Saturday on the road. Uh, that, that would be completely unfair. I think the clash comes in there with entertainment. We were discussing oh, well, that's the, the reason, clash of yeah. entertainment. Like they, yeah, they like yeah. to make a big deal of it being cold. I mean, that's one part of the thing. Yeah. Um, and you quickly, want your big, you want your most exciting game on Sunday night when the audience yeah. is the biggest, you know? Yeah. And TV. Well, yeah. That worked out for them. <laughs> yeah. We, we got two games to talk about before we talk about those two games. I just want to give you an update on a couple of things. A Kansas city chiefs are now the 11 to 10 Super Bowl favorites. You can get five to four on the exchange. The LA Rams are two to one. San Francisco 49ers are four to one and the Bengals, are eight to one. Uh, one team not there is obviously the Buffalo Bills. Um, and very quickly before we went on, because loads of people were sending questions all about the Bills. One thing I want to talk about with the Bills, right, is Mike. Let me read you out something about the Bills, how the game went. They punted on fourth and four from their own 49. The Chiefs scored a touchdown from that drive. They punted on fourth and one from their own 34. The Chiefs scored a touchdown on that drive. They kicked into the end zone at the end of regulation with 13 seconds on the clock when they really should have kicked and ran the clock down a bit. So they were very, very unfortunate. And what a game Josh Allen had. But they will look back and say a couple of things we did in that game cost us. Yeah, I, I had no real problem with the punts. Um the, I, you, you understand the way that, that they're, they're thinking is you don't want to hand, you don't want to hand the chiefs a short field. Um, and, you know, in a, in a, what was a close game, um, you know, why would you, I think I can understand that. And McDermott had to sort of trust his defense at that point. I'm, I mean, I was sitting there in the, in the column, I, I took under in this game, which was 53, five, 
And, you know, with two minutes to go, it was 26, 23. I'm thinking, yeah. okay, you know, one more field goal and, and, you know, get a stop one more field goal and I'm golden. And then 24 points were scored in the next minute and 50 <laughs> seconds. So, so that was gone, but um, the kickoff was, was atrocious. And I was, you know, now I don't know if Tyler Bass doesn't have the ability to drop a kickoff in, which some kickers do. Um, I, I mentioned Stephen Goskowski for the Patriots because, is when they changed the kickoff rule um, to move the line out to the 25 instead of the 20, Goskowski then began kicking short of the end zone all the time and was very good at it. He, you know, usually inside the five, but outside the end zone. But even if he can't do that, you could squib kick, um, which is kicking the ball to bounce along the ground. Yeah, um, seen them do in that a, yeah. in a line drive. You know, odds are since they don't have. Debo Samuel or Cordero Patterson back there returning the kick. Odds are you're not going to get, they're not going to get the ball much ahead of the 25 yard line anyway. Um, if you and you probably them, burn six seconds off that. 15. That's it. Four at the four at the minimum. You know, four, maybe, yeah. maybe maybe as much as six. But but now you got Mahomes coming out, and even if he's at the 35, he's only got two plays to get that field goal, which means the first pass has to be. You know, it has to be down close enough to kick a field goal. If it's not, the only thing they have left is a Hail Mary. Yeah. Um, you know, but with three plays and Andy Reid, for the first time I can remember, had all of his timeouts with two minutes to go. He yeah. hadn't burned any stupid timeouts during the during the second half. So with th all three timeouts, that meant you can use the entire field for your two plays. And that's really what killed um, the you know by giving them three plays and knowing that Kansas City could use three timeouts, that's what that's what really um, that's what really hurt um, the, the Bills on that. Final point on this uh, is to both of you uh, because it's something that everyone's talking about again, especially Kansas, of course, who brought up overtime rules when they were beaten by the Patriots um, a couple of seasons ago. They were like, "Oh, change this, guys." Um, Mike, I know you're not a fan of, of necessarily going to overtime in the regular season, and it could be no. draws. However, no, we, no need. statistically, obviously, um, if you look at overtime, someone has to win, so we have to decide a winner on the night. If you look at the overtime, there have been 11 <laughs> overtime playoff games. Yeah. Teams that have since, won the since coin the toss. Yeah, since the rules since the change. was changed, yeah. Teams that won the overtime coin costs have a record of 10 and 1 in those games. Only team to lose was the Saints in 2018 versus the Rams. Seven of those 10 teams scored on the sudden death touchdown on their opening drive. So, right. for those who are keeping track, that means that playoff teams have a 90% win rate in overtime if they win the coin toss, and 70% of those teams won from their opening drives. That is a problem. Yeah. Well, interestingly, in, the, in if you include the regular season, that goes down to 50%. Um, and um, only 39% who uh, um, that is win correct on, win on yeah. the opening drive, although that's only it's only correct through 2019. I didn't, I don't have the stats for 20. I mean, 52.8% now in, yeah. in regular season, it was it, it was exactly it was exactly 50 as of the end of the 2019 season. So that's you know, that that that's a different thing, but the reason, of course, is that you have better, better offenses. Um, but nobody was crying when Drew Brees didn't get his chance or Matt Ryan didn't get his chance. Um, you know, or Patrick happened. Mahomes didn't get his chance. Well, they, they in, well then there cry. was a lot of crying they in 20, cry. <laughs> in 2018, there was a lot of crying um, when, when Patrick Mahomes didn't get it, get his chance. But, but to me, to me, um, 
the NFL had a sudden death overtime and it had obviously become unworkable because field goals were too easy to get um, after the overtime kickoff. And that was the reason why the new, the new rule was brought in. Um, the idea of overtime is to produce a winner, not to produce an extra 15 minutes of entertainment and, and advertising. I mean, when I came to Britain and, and um, you know, went to a, a football match that ended, ended in a draw, and then they started playing over extra time and someone scored and I picked up my stuff to go home. <laughs> Who are you? Where are you going? <laughs> what? He gets another, you know, we keep playing. I said, well, hang on. You've just ended the game. No, no. Anyway. Um, and I don't want them to see them go to like the college system, which is a kind of faux football where they get the ball from 25 yards out and four downs to score and go back and forth. And, you know, the 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 kind of end point of all this is a penalty shootout with field goal kickers um, <laughs> which I, which I don't want to see either the way this rule works theoretically is i can accept and of course since you know that that's the rule you you have to do it your defense is is 50% of the well you've got special teams it's 40% of the game say so you want to stay in the game your defense has to make a stop and john that, do you like it uh not maybe not so much as it's currently uh presented to you and uh, just from listening to mike there the one thing that i'm actually kind of surprised about the current rules is that you know mike made the point there that this is to um to decide a winner which is a fair and accurate statement but i am kind of surprised that they haven't you know introduced it as a vehicle to advertise and to add, have a couple more commercial breaks in there because you know as we all know watching an nfl game now live you know you're subjected to a, a commercial break probably every what is it, three minutes or something like this, depending on how the game is flowing and what's going on, I suppose. Yeah, but, the, um, game, the game is actually the com is actually a break from the commercials. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's obviously, it's a hot topic at the moment, I suppose, just given what we saw at the weekend. Like, from every neutral would have wanted, you know, Josh Allen to get the ball back and just to see what happened there. Because the way that game was going, he was going to get a touchdown drive. That's just how that game was trending for the, you know, the, the final half of the fourth quarter, I suppose. Um, but you know, interestingly, you, you you made the point, Kieran, that it was it was the Chiefs who had kind of uh, you know protested this rule a season or two ago, and one of the teams that you know didn't go along with this quite specifically was the Buffalo Bills. So they can't really be too you know up in arms about it if they. To be fair to them, John, and I'm sorry I interrupted, but to be mm -hmm. fair, the Bills have Josh Allen has said, look, that's the way the game is. The Bills aren't complaining. It's it's yeah. it's every pundit that's us really. It's yeah, fans. I mean, it's it's people. It's honestly, it's people like me. I just you know entirely selfishly, I wanted to see probably what would have amounted to two more minutes of football because you know that's that's probably the most exciting ending to a game. You know, I'm not going to say I've ever seen, but I've seen in the last few years. And uh, it came at the end of what was before that was the fantastic game as well. So, you know, I'm, yeah. it was it was a hard thing. To, we were we were like, it doesn't distract from the fact that that was a classic game, no. but it just kind of feels like there was another chapter out there somewhere, you know, I guess it you comes know, down. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. I guess uh, I'll go to you. I guess what it comes down to is if you were introducing someone to the game for the first time and they watch this brilliant game and then Patrick Mahomes goes and scores a touchdown and the camera cuts to Josh Allen sitting on the bench looking sad and he turns to you and says, wait, he doesn't get another chance now. You go, no, that's it. It's, no, over. It's, kind of, it's kind of like when, you know, if you're in the 10th round of a boxing match and the guy gets counted out, you say, this is a 12 round fight. He doesn't get another chance to, to come yeah. up. And um, But the, the thing is, if you go to two possession overtime, which they did in NFL Europe, and the first time it ever happened was up in Scotland with the Claymores, you automatically, if you win the toss, you receive. 
unless you're the coach of the Scottish Claymores who hadn't figured that out because it was the first time it was being done. So he kicked off because then if you receive, you know what you have to do when you get your possession, because the other team is either not scored, kicked a field goal or, or scored a touchdown. So, you know, what's required of you, but you have, if they've scored, you now have four downs to do whatever you have to do on each, on each um, series within that. So if, you know, if you get the ball after the kickoff on the 25 and it's it's fourth down and 15, you still have to go for it because that's the end of the game if you don't. And that gives you a huge advantage over the team that that actually receives the opening kickoff. Uh, and people, I don't think, have, have considered that that, you know, because that would be the next that's the next step. Um, and of course, the other thing is, if you play the full extra overtime period, let's say the team that you know, elects to receive goes down and scores. And then the team that gets the second possession goes down and scores as well. You know, by now you're probably down to three minutes or four minutes left in the game anyway. So, you know, you might not get a balanced set of possessions in the overtime. That's just kind of random the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. A difficult one to solve. Look, we, we've spoken as much as we can. I know loads of people were texting in and sending messages, asking us to ask this and this and this and this. So I hope we've done that. We've done a little bit more time in the review than we normally would, but I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, what, what what a set of games. Anyway, as I mentioned, the Super Bowl <laughs> winner now, KC Chiefs, 11 to 10. A couple of interesting markets up on screen. So we'll tell you that the favorite to be the Super Bowl MVP is actually Matt Stafford at 3 to 1 um, at the moment. That's interesting. Uh, Super Bowl matchups, Kansas City, LA Rams, even money. So I'm going to, that you can tell what the spreads are going to be by that. Uh, KC, San Fran, 11 to 5. Cincinnati Bengals, LA, uh, Vita Rams, 9 to 2. And the Bengals and a 49ers Super Bowl is currently a 15 to 2 chance. Two games take place on the weekend, both on Sunday, 8 o'clock and half 11 kickoffs ish. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals head to the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers take on the LA Rams. We will begin, gents. With me letting you know that you can get a five pound free bet when you bet twenty pound <laughs> worth of bet of uh, multiple bet builders on the NFL. It's a good thing I, I take Turning advantage of that. The I take there, advantage Kieran, of that every week. <laughs> Do worry about that, guys. I, I uh, that's right. Bet twenty pound worth of multiple bet builders on the NFL. Get a five pound free bet. Cincinnati Bengals take on the KC Chiefs, twenty-seven to ten. The Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs, two to seven. Seven point spread. Fifty-four point five is the over under. Um, Mike, have you ever seen the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Um, yeah. There's a bit in it where, like, I think it's in the first, second one where Spider-Man gets really beat up and, and uh, like, he's all bruised and battered and it's the, the, the half of his mask is off and Maguire steps up and gets back in and starts fighting. And that is what Joe Burrow was at at the weekend. <laughs> he, he, he just kept getting up and just <laughs> getting whacked back down. Can a team realistically get to the Super Bowl if they can't protect their quarterback? It's going to be very difficult for them. Um, now, the, the one thing that that intrigues me about this game is that, and and if you go back to the, the first time these teams met, when Cincinnati beat them, um, when they met this season, um, Kansas City's secondary, which is the weakest part of their team, basically, um, had a lot of problems covering the the Cincinnati receivers in particular covering Jamar Chase and they had a lot of help as well because they got there were four or five big penalties against them of a couple of which were the usual kind of two guys pushing and shoving and they they call the penalty on the defender um 
So, th- so that gives them, I think, a puncher's chance um, to continue that knockdown, getting up kind of metaphor. And um, uh, um, interesting one, and the Buffalo Bills were involved in this too. The previous time that a quarterback had been sacked nine times in a playoff game was the 1966 AFL championship game before the two leagues, leagues merged. Lenny Dawson, who's in the Hall of Fame, was sacked nine times by the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs won 31 to seven. <laughs> Figure that one out. Um, and I, I can see that, you know, I could almost see that that happening if it wasn't Patrick Mahomes on the other side playing quarterback. But, you know, I, I think that I think that's to me is the is the Cincinnati is Cincinnati's only um, only real hope. They're a pretty good defensive team. And, and I think Jesse Bates, you know, made a really strong statement because uh, you, you tend to get get ignored if you're not Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase and play in Cincinnati. But I think seven seven points is probably flattering to them in in the, the long in the long run. I, I can't see I can't see the Chiefs stalling that much against them. Interesting. John, uh, I, we've been fans of Joe Burrow. He played very well again at the weekend. He's one of these players that, you know, is the next kind of level of QB, despite being a bit of a throwback because he can't really run. Um, heading into Kansas is going to be tough. And I just wonder about that kind of walk-off victory. Will that even juice up Kansas even more? Yeah, well, they'll yeah they'll have their tails up certainly. I think the interesting thing about this is, uh, and Mike suggested or mentioned it there as well. But both like not only have the Bengals beaten the Chiefs already this month, but the 49ers have also beaten the Rams this month as well. But this has all happened in the last few weeks, and uh, I won't talk about the Rams too much now at the moment. But the uh, I, I just think that's an interesting wrinkle on this, and whether or not that can be repeated at the at the biggest stage is is going to be the question. And uh, the Bengals beat them. You know, they put that that was a high score. Uh, that was 34 to 31 and you know Burrow played well in, in, in that one and he certainly did I, well, I mean I'll have to look at it but I don't think he got sacked nine times we would have, we would have heard about it in that situation so um, but it's a uh, it's this is a this is a tougher ask obviously the stakes are different it's a different part of the season there's a the pressure is you know 10 times larger than it is for throughout the regular season um, I think this is the sort of game where you know you're going to need players like Joe Burrow and players like Jamar Chase to not just play well, we're talking, you know, best game of their careers type thing. I mean, you know, Burrow's only a season and three quarters into his at the moment, I suppose. So, I mean, it's, it, that's not, you wouldn't rule that out entirely, but I just think the this is really, really stacked against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. We talked about it last week when they were going into their first playoff game and it's, you know, they'd never won a playoff game on the road They've consistently been finishing bottom of the AFC North for, well, not consistently, but for the last three or four seasons, I reckon. And uh, meanwhile, on the other side of the coin, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs. This is their fourth consecutive championship game here. It's two teams with vastly different experience at this level of the game. And I think that this is just the situation where that's going to show. Like the Chiefs so far in the playoffs have scored 40 plus points in, in each game. And it doesn't look like they're letting up at the moment. And I don't think they'll let up um, in, in this weekend's game either. Uh, you're right that the, I think the biggest concern about this though is the, is what happened to Burrow and that like he pulled it out because he's an excellent quarterback, but you know, you can't get sacked nine times. And some of those sacks were, you know, he kind of displayed a little bit of inexperience in some of them, you know, he was scrambling backwards trying to get away from the, from the rush and he ended up losing, you know, maybe 10 more yards on a sack than he should have a couple of times. So you can't do that 
surrender yards like that to a team like the Chiefs and give yourself, you know, second and long, third and long opportunities to have to try and try and, you know, get a pass out of nowhere to uh, to get yourself back on track. So I think this game has all the hallmarks of being a high scoring one all the same, given that the Chiefs have been putting up 40 plus points and given that the, the previous game between these two teams put on 75 points. So I think that the over 54 and a half is, is quite an interesting bet on this one. I like the way that Burrow has mastered the Tom Brady armadillo tactic when when he's under pressure is which is to curl up curl up yep. <laughs> yeah and just you know just take the sack and not not do anything crazy um, yeah it kind of if you don't it goes back to. just to sorry to cut across you there mike but it kind of we've talked about it once or twice on the show so far this season but if you'll remember that the um the narrative i suppose going into the draft last season where the um the Bengals had the fifth pick, I believe it was the fifth pick anyway, was that are they going to go for Jamar Chase, who's, you know, Burrow's buddy from LSU, and obviously that's what they ended up going with. And the other side of the coin is where are they going to go with Pene Sewell, the, the offensive tackle who ended up going to the Lions, with the, with the narrative being, do you double down on Burrow's kind of, uh, you know, his, his offensive guile, his, his, his link with Jamar Chase, or do you get somebody in there who's going to protect him and, you know, not have games where you get sacked? Yeah, it's a it's a good point. Um, and it paid off. Um, but you know, they they better address the offensive line in, in the offseason this year. I think it it behooves them, not least because you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, what we've got now is is the AFC is full of of young, good young quarterbacks and intake of good young quarterbacks, and you want to keep them healthy if you can. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So John's going for the over, I guess Mike really is his main bet. You, you, are you I, I, I wouldn't, you, I wouldn't you really argue with that, you know. Um, although I am the undertaker, um, that's true, you are and, that and, too. But you know, uh, I think it's it's a pretty good argument. It's a it's a pretty high over under, very um, high, fifty four point five. You know, let, let's say that let's say the game plays out the way the line says it should, which is Kansas City seven doesn't seem like a big spread, but in a conference final, it. it it's fairly it's it's bigger than than it would be in you know in week 17 even when the Bengals I think wound up being four and a half underdogs um if they go down if they go behind early you'll see them throwing the ball a lot you know and and you can expect you can expect a lot of scores if they go behind late the same thing goes so so I think yeah I think John's you know really he's got a great good point there so over and Casey that's what we're saying over in case. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, cool. that makes the most sense. The, now, 11, 11, having picked KC in and Tampa to be in the Super Bowl again at the beginning of the year. Right now, I think 11 10 is, is, you know, not very, not very generous on the odds for Kansas City to win the whole thing, you know, because oh, oh, they've got to win two games. If you just have a word, you know, with the guru. There. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll have a word. Yeah. But they're going to be favorites if they win because neither San Francisco 49ers. Really. If San Francisco win the other game, it'll be a seven point spread. If the Rams win the win the game, they're going to be probably three, maybe four. So they're going to be four to seven favorites to win the Super Bowl if they win this game. So. Of course, the Rams are at home if they if they um, if they are go, they do like Bowl, which the league is going to encourage. I think um, they are at home, but but are they really at home? Shall we say? No, it's L. It's L. A. They're not selling any tickets. They weren't. They they got caught. Ticketmaster wasn't selling any tickets to people who didn't have addresses in the in the Southland. I saw um, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not because, too sure how legal that is. <laughs> no, I, I and um, you know L. A. is so laid back. It, the, the, the city is known for people arriving late 
and leaving early to sports events, um, you know, regardless of the score, because they, they just kind of go to be, to, to be seen or because they should, you know. Um, so, yeah, the, the more fanatic San Francisco fans, I think were. <laughs> well, they took it over a couple of weeks ago. I think that's that's the main point yeah. is that there was more 49ers fans in the Ram Stadium when they played, as John mentioned, a couple of weeks ago. And John, let's go to you. San Francisco 49ers take on the Los Angeles Rams. It's seven to five about the 49ers. The Rams are four to seven. At 3.5 is spread, four to five in even money, and it's 46.5. Now, before I even go to you, I will just read add something very, very interesting, which is that obviously, look, big Tom Brady fan here, you know, and, and it looked like he was going to do something again. However, it was helped by the Rams, right? So they f- they fumbled inside the five right before the half, which would have put them, you know, at, maybe out of sight really at halftime. They fumbled in their own territory after a field goal to cut it to 21. They fumbled the shotgun snap and field goal rage for 30 yards downfield. And they fumbled with a shot to ice the game with Tampa Bay out of timeout. So they did their very best to not be there. <laughs> That's true. But uh, I think, you know, you can say that all that stuff, that you just described happened in the second half they were just outstanding in the first half as well and that's the um i think that's the key for a for a situation playing playing tom brady like this um they played in la just a couple of weeks ago and the rams were up 17 nothing and lost 27 24 in overtime so they they tried pretty hard to lose that game as well and you know you'll see it, it's intriguing because since kyle shanahan and sean mcveigh became the coaches of these teams. McVeigh obviously worked under Shanahan when Shanahan was an offensive coordinator um, in Washington under his father. It's such a nepotistic league. It really um, is. <laughs> McVeigh's grandfather, you know, was, was, a, was a coach. Um, and so Shanahan seems to have the juju on him because the, the Niners have won all six games um, that they've met between, between uh, these two guys. And, and you have to think, that that streak has to end somewhere, (laughs) you know? um, But I I think the the onus in this game is, is on San Francisco to be able to run the ball. So Debo Samuel, who I thought was the MVP of the game on Saturday um, becomes really the key person uh, in the game. And Jimmy Garoppolo was not outstanding up in the cold with his injured thumb. And that's a kind of excuse for him. But when they got to the Super Bowl against Kansas City, 20, uh, was it 20? I get confused because the year, yeah, the year the last of the season, one before the virus. Yeah. yeah. The, the year of the season and the year of the Super Bowl are always different. You know, so mm-hmm. you, you can get confused. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo only threw like nine passes in one game and, and, 17, I think in the uh, 16, in the other, um, in the two games, they basically ran their way into the Super Bowl. And Raheem Mostert had a 200 plus yard rushing game. That's what they've got to try to do in this game. But of course, it's hard to run against the Rams with Aaron Donald. Um, he had a he had a really good game against Tampa um, all all the way through, and you know, the pass rush becomes less important if San Francisco can play their game and keep Jimmy Garoppolo out of lots of downfield drop back passes, they want to play a quick play action game and with Garoppolo hitting the crossing routes to, to Debo and to Ayuk and to Kittle um, and to run the ball a lot. So to me, the key is, can they run the ball? You know, and that's on, that's on Aaron Donald primarily. Um, Floyd, I think had a really good game. Von Miller gets all the attention because of the set the sacking and the, and the, um, the helmet to helmet on Tom Brady that should have, but wasn't called. 
and Brady wound up getting the penalty instead. Well, nobody makes him bleed his own blood. You know that. That's right. You know that. <laughs> it was like, um, it would have been great to have wrestling announcers on it. You know, it's like, oh my God, he's broke. He's busted open. <laughs> Von <laughs> Miller's busted him open. <laughs> the referee's not. Anyway, um, so that, I, I think there's, the San Francisco's got a better chance, I think, than people are allowing for. And it's, it's a little strange that it's a recency bias and very recent um, because, you know, they have beaten them twice this season. They beat them in LA just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and LA has shown that same propensity to throw leads away that um, against Tampa that they did against San Francisco. Yeah. Well, I mean, most people will remember that LA Rams scored a touchdown pretty early in the game and Sean McVay ran onto the field, onto the touchdown area and celebrated with the whole team. And after that, 49ers basically took over the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John's back. It looks John's like. back. John, yeah. uh, 7-5, 49ers, LA Rams 4-7. Look, the spread's 3.5. Mike's made a decent case for probably San Fran on the spread, Mike. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I think really? that's, an, that's an interesting one. And I, and I wonder if that's going to tighten you know, um, not Tennessee Titan, but but like screw loose Titan um, as um, as the week goes on. It's only sure, Tuesday now. It's only, I'm pretty sure Ryan Tanner has wages doubled, by the way, next season on uh, based on his contract. So uh, that'll be one for stock of the season preview. John Buff, who <laughs> you got? 49ers Rams. Uh, yeah, I, I won't go too far into this because I'm not really, my internet died there. So I'm not really sure what Mike was talking about, but I think this is an <laughs> no interesting- No one is. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is a, an interesting game for for uh, well for several reasons. Obviously, this I mentioned uh, at the top of the previous segment that uh, it's interesting. I think that both of, that all four of these playoff teams have played each other a few weeks, um, and not only that, the 49ers have uh, beaten the the Rams the last six times they've played them. So I think that Ooh. I wonder if that has it will put a wrinkle on this. But at the same time, when when um, when Stafford was playing the 49ers earlier this season, he threw multiple picks in both games. But since he's got to the postseason, he's six touchdowns with no interceptions. So I think Stafford's play has improved in that regard. I think this is going to be... Um, and as well, I think it's also interesting that, you know, as you were kind of talking about there when I jumped back in, it's, it's sort of the LA Rams' fault to a degree that the 49ers are even in the playoffs, given, you know, blowing the 17-point lead and such. But I won't dwell on that too much. I think this... Uh, I just, you know... We, it, there's a, it seems to be a danger in these playoffs of kind of backing the favorite, given what happened in, in last weekend's games. But I think that the, the, the LA Rams are the team that will get this done. I like them on the handicap, actually, on this one. So I think I'm, I'm disagreeing with Mike in, in that sense. I think I actually think they would, might win this game quite handsomely, as a matter of fact. Uh, I just don't see the... the at, with these stakes, uh, given, you know, they, they put up a very good performance against the Bucks, so I, I think if they've already got past that challenge the 49ers won't necessarily represent that big of a threat particularly in their home stadium so I think rounds and the handicap is the way to go on this one okay well we can disagree we like we like disagreements so that is fine so we're looking guys at a Kansas City Rams probable Super Bowl yeah not if you're in agreement that's what we think yeah you I'll can back both of them on the money line six to five right now in the sports book so no that's not bad that, Not bad. Get both teams. It's tempting. The, the other thing I just want to throw in with that, the 46-5 over under on uh, San Francisco Rams is pretty well balanced. You know, Thank I you. think I think that's set. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's set, you know, just at the stage where you could you could talk yourself into going either way on that, which which means I'm so far I haven't talked myself into going to it at all. 
Well, that is the most pointless three sentences of the season from you, Mike Harrison. <laughs> and that's saying you, something. You interrupted me to, to then say, well, I haven't really decided yet. Um, let's, end, let's end with some fun. Let's end with some fun. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, will you be at Green Bay next year? John Baff, yes or no? Don't need to explain why you think it. Uh, yes, I think he will. Oh, John, no. uh, Mike Harrison, will he be no. at Green Bay next year? Def- no. Definitely not. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I mean, they're they're in cap hell a little bit. I wonder if they can get a deal done with them, if they can some sort of figure out his contract, I wouldn't rule it out. But uh, yeah, it's I suppose it's it's trending towards Rodgers and Devontae Yeah, Adams if I were Aaron Rodgers, I would stay in Green Bay. But if I were Aaron Rodgers, Olivia Munn would still be my girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I do. I, I, I do. Do you know what? Like when you're with the team that was the NFC number one seed for like the last few years, uh, basically, uh, I, I don't know. There's too many teams out there that aren't technically better, so I don't know. But then, hey, it's I'm Aaron Rogers, Rogers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Brady, Buccaneer next year, yes or no? John Balf. I'm gonna go yes. I just don't think. I think. You know, I think Brady will do it again, particularly I don't think he wants to go off on a, on a playoff loss like that, particularly a disappointing playoff loss where the kind of the Superman magic of Tom Brady didn't manifest to that win, to that comeback win. So I think uh, I think he'll certainly give it one more shot. Mike, you tend to know a little bit about what goes on in no, the mind I, I of Tom ju- Brady. Not really, not really. You do. That, so yeah, it's you and Bill haven't laid. That's a shots. very tough one. That's a very tough one. And, and the funny part is, if Brady were to go and keep playing Denver would be the place I think he would go to, but the same is true for Rogers. I think Denver is the best fit for Rogers. Um, but that doesn't put him in, in the area of, um, media that he wants to be in. Although he may have blown his shot of like hosting jeopardy or being a pitch man by, by all the public stances he's taken against vaccines and stuff like that. Um, so he may just be thinking football, football future. Denver would be the most, Denver's the one team in the league that needs a quarterback and has a decent enough roster. Um, and, you know, that's got to be attractive to, to either of them. But in the end, I think Brady comes back. Package deal with Gronk. Boy, was it sad watching Gronk, you know, trying to, trying to be in the offensive force that he that he can be um he played he played really well you know but you can just see he can't generate the speed that that he used to he used to have Mm. i'm just wondering it's interesting about you think that rogers mightn't uh, be able to necessarily get a good career in uh, punditry afterwards i suppose you have to be kind of vanilla like Tony Romo. Although Tony Romo did uh, dump Romo's, Jessica Simpson. So that's, you know, that's, yeah. a, that's a black mark on him. Com- we're talking t- about Tom football Brady. commentary is a different thing. He, he would still get a job in football commentary. But but he was, you know, a year ago, they were talking about him as being the next host of Jeopardy. Mm, so he was going to he was going to re- you know, leave the NFL and, and host a, host the country's most popular game show. Um and that that's a whole different thing from doing, you know, Saturday night or Sunday night football um, on, or Monday night on ESPN. Drew so, Brees. Talk about talk about bland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have heard people say that Drew Brees is not great at the old play by play, etc. Or whatever he's doing Monday night. He covered a couple of Sunday night games and a Monday night game and stuff like that. But well, hold on. We're saying Rogers back. But I've been saying all season he'll be going to Denver. Uh, next season because i've heard it from some uh, people who host podcasts over there so we're saying rogers back but not at green bay brady probably back as a book 
will Brady announce that this is his last season? Is he the type of guy who'll do one of these, you know, like, this is my last season, and every week it's going to be like, it's the last time he faces the Bills. It's the last time he plays the Dolphins kind of season. Are we going to get that? Or is it a case of he does kind of a big bend, whereas, like, two games to go, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm not coming back. (laughs) (laughs) I think the latter. Yeah, I think the latter too. I think he'll just maybe not even do that two games thing. I think, you know, the season might just like, which also kind of leads into like maybe at the moment, maybe, you know, we could have asked ourselves this two weeks ago, you know, so maybe, maybe he is done. Um, But I just, yeah, not to borrow my own point too much, but I just don't think that the, um, the lay of the land, the way he left the field is the way he wants to go in, in that last game. So, you know, and if you were to ask the books, do they want him back? Absolutely, they do. So, you know, yeah. if, if there's a deal to be made, I don't think Brady's going to rule it out right now. If the books had won the Super Bowl, he'd have walked away, Mike. Possibly, quite possibly. I think yeah. that would have been that would have been the fit the fitting end. Go out on top. The Peyton uh, Manning. Yeah, that that was. I remember like, Peyton Manning was so. Now he said afterwards he didn't want to take away from his teammates, but like it was so blatant he was retiring when he won that Super Bowl, and they were all like, "Are you coming back next year?" He's like, "Oh, I'm going to take some time and think." I'm like, listen, pal, you're after, you're after getting a Super Bowl when you did not play very, very well. So you should definitely walk away. Your defense won that for you that year. Yeah, he needed Joe Biden to field questions for him. <laughs> Topical. And that's it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we do yeah, our best bet. A, a little bit extra to, oh, God, jump off. Yes, producer. <laughs> he, he, he pops up. He goes away and then he pops up with a crucial moment. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Uh, I didn't win, so that's why I had it in my head because I didn't win. Uh, John Baff, you go for as co-producer now of the show. Co-producer. I think my best bet this weekend. I'm going. It's a slightly different one than the way I've, I've done it so far this year. I'm going with the double on this one. I'm going for the Rams Chiefs both to win just on the money line. So that's that's my best bet. Yeah, Ooh. that was going to be mine. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, that's Carlson. the one, as soon as you said it about five minutes ago, I was thinking, you know, that's better. That's a better <laughs> bet than any of the individual ones. Are we all go. unanimous on the best no, bet this No, week? go, 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 go. Mike, what do you got? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that now, you, now you've put me, now you've put me in a bind because I, I really stopped, stopped thinking about that. Um, I guess, I guess I'll... <clears throat> I'll go, Kansas City minus, <laughs> I'll go Kansas City minus seven. Well, you know what I'm going to do? You're going to take the over on Kansas City, Cincinnati. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to go Bengals uh, plus seven. Uh, I, 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 you know, in, 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 in a season of shocks, one more. And frankly, I, I, Kansas City are great, but we could really do with them out because, you know, Pat, Jackson Mahomes and all that stuff. He's, they're very annoying. So let's go Bengals. Let's go Bengals. Uh, I'm going with them. And, and I'll give everyone the results. Our next show is obviously going to be our big Super Bowl preview. I'll give you the results of how our best bets have gone uh, up until this week, where I think this week was a pretty hard week for us with only two games. But we will include it anyway. And I'll let you know how it all goes and who will be crown champion. Hey, we don't know. Who will be putting a new name on the crown? Unlikely, John. And stay, um, stay tuned for our biggest show of the year, the Pro Bowl week. <laughs> <laughs> We're off next week, shockingly. Um, so, what's the over? What's the over under on the Pro Bowl? Oh God! Um, <laughs> just back the AFC. I think they've won a lot of the last few. Um, that's that's it. Thank you so much. Again, we spent a lot of time talking about the previous games, but look what a, what a weekend it was. You don't get too many times to talk about games like that. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed the few questions that we brought in, and of course, uh, follow the bets. Do keep an eye 
on those lines and everything because things can change. We recorded on Tuesday to get lots of fresh stuff in, but who knows by the time Saturday and Sunday night, especially come where they'll be. But thanks, my thanks to John Baff for joining us sporadically. Thank you, John Baff. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And to Mike Carlson, who is always right by my side during these times. <laughs> in spirit if not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to you for listening look we've only got one more show to go i hope you've enjoyed the season as much as we have and it's all coming out to the super bowl in the second week of february we will speak to you in two weeks time best to look over the weekend please gamble responsibly and again hey thanks for listening bye for now